Wow, well, I didn't expect this, but praise the Lord that, um, you know, and, and, and you guys come from an amazing, you know, foundation that you have here from um, being released by the Apostle and, of course, many of you. And I'm grateful to be your friend and, and to have had this friendship and fellowship throughout the years. But I also happen to know that your pastor in this house is a key. Um, and you are a catalyst. And that this house is in the forefront of a great movement of the Holy Ghost to the nations. And that in this season, for those of you that are here, maybe you're babies, maybe you're drinking milk, and maybe you need to be in that foundational class. But um, you cannot miss, none of us can miss the moment. And it will not come around again. This season, I believe that we know there's been an amazing shift. And there's no doubt that there's been a shifting because there's been an interruption. There's been an amazing interruption and God is being very intentional. This is the season of God's intention. This is not a season for man. It's not the season of, of government. We're not standing, putting our hope, which is our anchor, Jesus, in a man, in a party, in an ideology or philosophy or even theology or doctrine. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He's not just the king that is coming. He is the king right now. And he needs to be central. And that means that wherever we're going, wherever our assignment is, whether it's with family, whether it's personal, whether it's regional, we're taking him with us. And we need to understand his supremacy, which means that where he's leading, we are going with him. Wow. It is a time for a Jesus awakening. There is a consensus of an amazing prophetic word in the region. There's a consensus by the, the generals, okay, and the prophets and and even saints, because God will speak to the babies. God will speak to the rocks and the animals. So it's not an elitist group. God is speaking to each one of you. We need to take the time out and hear God for yourself. Because even though there's a prophetic word and a consensus that this is a season of the supernatural, a season of miracles and blessings and promises and breakthrough and victory, it will not be automatic. My God, it will not be automatic. And sadly to say, and I've been saying, you know, I'm not a bearer of bad news, but God desires truth in our inward parts. And we have a gospel responsibility in this season. And that means speak the truth. And we need the prophetic voices to arise. We need the church to be the moral compass. We need the church to be the light in the darkness. And we cannot be part of the confusion and the chaos. This is not the time for us to be like the world and as the world. We need to get rid of the divide in the church first. Because if the church is divided, a house divided cannot stand. So you need to understand where are you in this season and what you believe. Because this is the time of a great testing. It's not automatic. It's, oh, you're blessing. Listen, it's to be a blessing. 
It has nothing to do with you and me. It has to do with the souls that have been already set apart, marked, a harvest for this year, marked for the kingdom. And guess what? Some of them are in your loins. But we think that it's for someone else. And it's not time to be comfortable in Zion. And to think that it's not my business. Yes, it is your business. If you're in the church and you're in this house, it's your business. Because I know your pastor. Wow, my God. And so what God is doing, he's interrupting your life. We're thinking it's all the devil. Yeah, he's using the spaces and the cracks. And the openings that we've allowed him to have. But I'm here to let you know the shaking is God interrupting the world. It's the Kairos invading the Kronos. Do you hear me? And we need to open our eyes and see what God the Father is doing in this hour. And what the Holy Spirit is speaking individually. Don't just get it from your pastor. And your pastor, you need to be in your closet, in your chambers, and in your war room. And then you can come out and engage in proactivity in the kingdom. Who is the person that I'm supposed to influence in this year and in this season? Who's the person who is in my loins, in my job, in my school? In my family that's perishing by the gates of hell. Who will deliver me? Who will bring the keys to unlock me? Well, I know my cousin and my titi and my grandma and my sister and my brother. They go to church. But I rarely hear from them. I don't get a call. Because I have a crazy family, you see. I don't want to be with them. They drink. They get crazy. But maybe you're the pastor of your family first. Maybe you are the pastor. Hallelujah. Or in your job. Because we got it all wrong. We think it's all pulpit. And so we're going to see a breakthrough this year. And going forward. Because 2017. is not the year. It's been sandwiched. In a season that's been shifting since 2000. And 9-11 proved it to us. Because the nations have never been the same. 2008, when the breakdown of the housing and Wall Street, we know, coming forward, has never, ever been the same. It's progressing. Do you understand? It's an advancement. And 217 is like the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle. Oh, and the height. Now, and it could go this way, or it could go this way. Depending on what the church will do and how it responds. So this year, it's about blessings and breakthroughs and victories and supernatural. But let me tell you, we better get our personal life together, our business life, our financial life, our family life, and ministry in order and in alignment so that we can tap into, wow, what has been ordained and set apart for us 
so that we can be that influence. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the season. My God, I'm like, we've never lived. And I love that Daniel was great. Prayed three times a day. Esther was amazing. We see Joseph. We see um, all the others. Moses. Nehemiah. You know, we say God is not a politician. What Bible are you reading? What Bible are we reading? Don't let, we got to know the word because the pundits and the false prophets and even the media, we know. But at the end of the day, what is God saying? The Bible is his constitution. The Bible is the constitution. And it's being violated. And that's what we need to concern ourselves. What's my role and what's my personal response in the time of crisis in a nation that God gave us to freely worship? That's why the Muslims are here, by the way. Yeah. That's why every nation is here because Esau is here. And we pray for Israel and forget Esau. That God said, to Hagar, and also God said to Abraham when he prayed, he's your seed too. And I will bless him. And God provided water. So, yes, in every race and in every ethnic group, we have good and we have evil. And right now, that spirit of Persia, because of the church praying, because of the season, the devil has anointed and appointed men. Spirits of this dark age. Chapter 6 in Ephesians. But though we don't have understanding. That there have been. The way God has appointed. And anointed people. Commissioned them in this end time. So has the devil. So that spirit. Oh hell has broken loose. In the land. He's here. But we know what Daniel did. He prayed. He fasted. So it starts in that place. Lord, there's a shift. Lord, there's chaos. There's confusion. Wow. We're under siege. Do you understand that, church? We're under siege. This is war. And no one can remain neutral. Because before you know it, it'll come to your door. It'll be your child. Wow. It'll be your home. It'll be someone in your family. It'll be our church. It'll be right here, you know, near us. And I'm not decreeing because I, 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 oh my God. I said the devil is a liar. But it comes down like wrath. With wrath. Read Revelation. He's so upset. But this is the time for us to be the light in the darkness. Individually, corporately, and regional. There's a clarion call for us to take our place and say, Lord, I see the chaos. I see the confusion. I see the, 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 you know, demonic powers seeming like they're advancing. But this is the year of three things. Change, movement forward, and advancement of the kingdom of God. Three things. Great change. And we cannot get stuck in the old. With the same mentality. First Peter 1.13 is for all of us. God is saying, it's a scripture, it's awesome. And it speaks of renewing 
your mind. And that word, it says, if somebody can get it, that'd be great. Whoever can get it. First Peter 1.13. So we can quote it. And this is what we need to do. We need to get a hold of the word. Get in that word. Don't neglect it. Yes, real loud, please. Now, so that word, to be sober and let your minds be renewed, and it's saying, on Jesus who has already been revealed to us, that he is the one that is sent to supreme, preeminent, superior, better than, than the angels, better than Moses, better than anything else. He spoke to us in the past, you know, in diverse and, and different ways, but now he speaks to us through his son. But that word is to reconstruct our minds. That word in the Greek means reconstruct you know what? We need to get rid of the old ways of thinking and the old thoughts and stop thinking that we're each other's. I don't care who voted for Hillary and I don't care who voted for Trump. We have to move beyond that and embrace one another. And unity, you know, is the key. It's foundational. Because two that touch and agree. I mean, did you read that in Matthew 18, that it's us who agree? Psalm 133, everybody uses it all the time, that it's so good when brethren dwell together and the anointing flows like from Aaron. We know it. It's for us. It's become like a theory, trite, something we, we, you know, we quote, but can we live that? Right now, the church, that's the word for us. Let's reconstruct our minds. It's, it's a time for new thinking, new way of thinking. That is, we need each other. The church has to arise to that dimension now. Hear the instruction. You know, God is gracious, right? He's merciful. So we know that so many of us don't even belong here. I mean, I shouldn't even be here. But it's the grace of God. But there are times, this is the key, and this is what Nehemiah said, and, and Daniel said the same exact thing, which was, you know, he says, I, I praise an awesome God, a wonderful, and Daniel, the exact, exact words, when Nehemiah, you know, saw the, uh, the, the burning, uh, the walls were down, the, the ashes of the walls, he got upset, as you all know, and he went into mourning and sackcloth and ashes, and he prayed to God. The first thing that came out of his mouth was what an awesome and powerful God you are, who keep, it says, who keeps his covenant with those who love him and obey him. And if you go to Daniel, he quotes him exactly. He says the same thing. So, what we need to understand moving forward is to make sure that we are in covenant with God. It has nothing to do with, well, if God's going to, you know, if I sin and I step out, you know, God's going to kill me. No, there is grace. First John 1, 9. However, this is what I want to qualify it. I think there are people in the church that they still believe this, this grace gospel that says we can live anyway walk anyway and look anyway and do anything but guess what it's those who obey do you see doesn't say be perfect those who keep that covenant with him and obey and love him they don't have to fear but it's time for holiness it is time to go to that dimension reconstruction of our mind. This is what I'm saying. So where will we miss out on the visitation? 
It will not be our imperfections. It will not be the ordinary where I fall short and I miss the mark. Because we all do, correct? Every day. So every day walk with God. But are you keeping the covenant? Are you hearing God's instructions? Specific for you. For your home, your family, your marriage, your finances, your relationships with each other. Are we hearing God? For that instruction for the church. And are we obeying it? And when we are in that covenant, we are protected. We are provided for. And we are empowered. And so right now, the place that we need to be is in Psalm 91. Run to Psalm 91 under the shadow. And the shelter of the Most High and of the Almighty. Because of what's coming down the pike. God's trying to protect us. He's trying to prepare us. For what's coming. And so the key is. In 2017. Which is a, has biblical. Numerically has biblical significance. And I'm sure your pastor has talked about it. When you look at this number. 2017. Any way you put it. If you do one in seven. It's, we know it's new beginnings. Is we do, if we look at 10 and 7, 17, 10 is a, a whole number. Speaks of wholeness. It speaks of completion. Like the completion of an old decade. And then 7, we know it's God's perfect number. And we know that in the Hebrew calendar, calendar it's 5777, right? 777. Perfection, perfection, perfection. First anointing, second anointing third anointing. This is not the double portion anointing for those of us who would obey and follow. It will be the triple anointing. It will be a Davidic anointing to rule and to reign. That's what 2017 is about. Releasing, releasing a season of the rule of Jesus Christ in the nations. Starting with us, whatever your condition, whatever your marriage, whatever your family, whatever your finances, I'm telling you, by the end of this year, depending on your first fruits, on February still, these are the first fruits, three months, the first quarter, first fruit, putting God first, making room for him first in our lives. So what do you have to speak to me, Lord God, this month, February? But it's the spirit want to tell me. What do I need to tweak? What do I need to leave behind? What do I have to embrace? What do I need to release? Father, where in the life of my prayer are you? Am I connected to the spirit of prayerlessness? Or am I connected to the spirit of prayer and a praying spirit? Am I walking in maturity? Or am I still drinking milk, although I'm in church 15, 10, 20 years? What will be my fruit moving forward? The fruitfulness of the kingdom. Would it be much fruit? Ordinary fruit? 
little fruit or no fruit at all because I'm still in the old mindset. It's 2017. The Kairos is invading the Kronos, but I'm not changing. I'm not allowing the Kairos. I'm still back here. So there's a word for the church of Jesus Christ, a consensus of an amazing season that we have never experienced, but it's an open window. A reprieve for the church. Wow. To do amazing, supernatural, miraculous things. But it's going to take us being obedient to the instruction. And experiencing the new. The new things. The new walk. The new prayer life. The new holiness. The new power. The new anointing. The new spirit of unity. The new spirit of love. Wow. The new spirit of humility. But we're thinking, oh my God, what a powerful year and it's going to happen automatic. If you notice that people are going up to heaven, right? You notice all the, all the people that are going to heaven? So many people leaving us. I told the Lord, and you all know about Pastor John. I didn't expect in a million years that I would be where I'm at. That I would have to release my teammate, my partner, my love, my friend, my pastor. Has it been hard? <laughs> Unless you've been in it, you cannot identify with this. The heartache and the pain. But I'll tell you this. I didn't know that releasing him will release something supernatural in heaven that I've not experienced. As much as I loved God. Because I love God. I love souls. I love the people. You. The church. And, I, and I've gone there where I've said, Lord, wow. I couldn't have both at the same time. I had to let go of what my Lord said. I want John now with me. You've had him. You've had him for 43 years. Now, he said, you know, Jesus said to him, well, will you be my friend? And, God, and, you know, John said yes. And after that, he became, you know, God's friends everywhere he went. Can I tell you what Jesus has done in the 7-Eleven, in the bank, in the restaurants, in the waiting rooms, in the hospitals, you know, in the lotto store, you name it. Everywhere he went, he spoke and he gave testimony and evangelized. They will be willing him into the operating room. And he'll ask the technician, you know why I'm here? Yes, you're going to have an operation. No, I'm not here for that. I'm here so that you know that Jesus loves you. And that he has the plan for your life. And that you willing me today is not an accident. He had hepatitis C and went to the Westchester, um, Westchester Medical Center to take care of that liver. Because he had liver disease, as you all know, got healed that liver disease. But when he went, there was a nurse. And the nurse, Anna, he's sitting there. I mean, I'm sharing this because for me... For God, is a, a win, right? 
But for us to stay here, doesn't feel like that. That's reality. I said, oh God, I feel like it's a loss for me. But I accept it because it's a gain for the kingdom. And I have those memories and I have those testimonies and, and that love, no one and nothing, no devil, no situation can remain, take that away. But when I think about, wow, the partner, that friend that I had who loved Jesus so much and I was his princess and he protected me. Oh my God. He was so amazing. No airs about me doing this and doing that. And, and just, honey, I'm going to protect you. Wow. Watch this and watch that. And just know that I'm your best friend. From now on, because I prayed for him for 14 years. It says from now on, after he realized what he did, those 14 years. He says, I'm going to live to make up everything I've ever done to you. And he lived up to it to the last breath. But he went to see that, that and you know, she was doing the vitals. First time, never met. And he's sitting there and, and he hears God say, Tell her about how Buddha prayed for you. Tell her Buddha's testimony. He's like, what? <laughs> this nurse? Yes. Excuse me, nurse. I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm a Christian. He wasn't a pastor then. He said, but God is telling me to share a story with you. And she's like, really? And what story is that? About how my wife prayed for me. Told her. By the end, she was crying. And he said, she says, wow, I've been praying for my husband. And I told God this morning that if I didn't hear from him. And he did not speak to me today. I'm out of this marriage. It's over. That's the kind of gift that God gave me for 43 years. And if you're here today and you're married, going forward, tomorrow is not promised to you. Don't you dare take each other for granted. Whatever's going on, you better fix it. And you better fix it this year. Because that's the word. For the church. Fix. Put things in ordering order. Moving forward. Don't take God for granted. Don't take your family for granted. Don't take your children. Your spouse. Don't you dare take each other for granted. Or take your pastor. For granted. Because. They are gifts. And you know what? The devil has no power. Is we give it to him. So we want to hear, bless me. Give to me. Victory, breakthrough this year. But God is saying, will you obey the standard I have set for you? You want to hear what will give you victory? What will bless you so that you can bless others? You want to hear where you're going to have a breakthrough? Wow. 
It's right there in that very place. It's not the hype. It's not the gimmicks and the programs. And we need those programs, things that God allows us to get engaged in the church. But unless it leaves the Bible to you, from you out there, it means nothing. 2018 will come, 2018 will come, and 2019 will come, and 2020 will come, and we'll be in the same rut, in the same place. And what a sad, tragic state. Because in four years, Donald Trump, if he doesn't do the right thing, we're kicking him out. But guess what? Jesus is still here today and in a month and next year and in four years. God will be and is our anchor. And all he's wondering and all he wants from us is not to be judges and condemners and be part of the chaos and partner with the devil. Because when we're in division, we're partnering with him. We're not availing ourselves of the grace of God. I'm not saying that, you know, anybody's doing the right thing or the wrong thing. I know that God hates violence, hatred, division. He hates that. And the mouth. There's a miracle in our mouths. And you know, James, we can use it to murder. So don't look at what's going on in the atmosphere. Just be the person of God this year. Person of covenant. Person of prayer. Of holiness. Be prophetic. Go into the mission field. Touch your coworker. Make that call to that family. Wow. Lay hands on someone that's sick. Preach this gospel. Tap into your loins. Who's the person? Who's my assignment today? What is my assignment? What word of encouragement? What prayer? What intercession? That's our reality. The reality of the world is craziness. I'm going to protest. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to say, I'm going to do. We need to be a prophetic voice. I'm praying, Lord, raise up a voice. We need a voice to speak truth and be prophetic. We need a Jeremiah. Wow. We need the Daniels to navigate through heathenness. Three heathen kings became the ambassador. Right? But we don't understand. So we're like leaning on our own understanding. We're leaning on what we see here instead of what we see here. Not what we see here, but what we see down here. The kingdom of God behind 